Radio Daily for Anti-Friday. Yep. A time again, but, you know, what you going to do about it? But remember all the all, all the times. I'm going to do a podcast. That's what I'm going to hey, do about it. That's, that's a good plan. I do like it. Welcome, everyone, to, I'm sorry to say, the 13th of March. Monday the 13th! Oh, no. It's, it's, it's not really a thing. Well, it feels like it. That's just what it is. It is, though, however, National Napping Day. Oh. So I'd like to say we as a country come together for a cause that works. Well, hi, everyone. We're the fine folks from GeekRadioDaily.com. The people that are bringing it to you today, uh, the lady that can convince you to do things. Well, me, anyway. That there is the Flintstress. Mr. Flynn, maybe we could uh, make some sort of arrangement. Hey, I like the way you think. <laughs> What's up, everybody? I'm the one from Billy Flynn. Greetings, party people, and the place to be. Where else? Where else? What happened, yo? Well, let's take it back to 1781. William Herschel discovers the planet Uranus, but mistakes it for a comet. He was quoted as saying, I just saw something shiny. It's the first planet, though, discovered with the aid of a telescope. 1882, the scope, an optical apparatus invented by Edward J. Muybridge to exhibit photographs <laughs> of moving animals, is demonstrated at the Royal Institution to the Prince of Wales. The scope projects images from rotating glass discs in rapid succession to give the impression... Of motion. Huh. 1925, a law in Tennessee prohibits the teaching of the theory of evolution in any state-funded institution, law resulting in the Scopes trial. That time of year already. 1930, the discovery of a ninth planet is announced by Clyde oh, W. Tombaugh oh. at Lowell University. It's only one-tenth the size of Earth, 4,000 miles away. The planet will be named Pluto in a couple of months, and then many years later, rightfully resumed its dwarf planet status. 1957, the 50-millionth Bell telephone is installed in the home of CMP of Maryland employee James S. Russell. Russell had the longest service, 53 years of any Bell System employee. 1969, Apollo 9 returned safely to Earth after testing the lunar module. 1970, the PDP-11 mini-computer is introduced by the Digital Equipment Corp. Uh, it will remain in active production until 1996, and during the course of its production, it will be one of the most popular 16-bit mini-computers ever produced. 1981, the Brookhaven Bulletin publishes a story on employee William Higginbottom, speculating that his game Tennis for Two may have been the first video game. It was played on an oscilloscope, simulating a game of tennis or ping-pong based on analog rather than digital technology. 1988, Japan opens the world's longest undersea tunnel, which runs between Aomori and Hakotate. 1992, the US FCC rules that companies can own up to 30 AM and 30 FM radio stations and increase from the 12 any one company can own, and now like three own all of them. Right. 1996 in New York, Apple Computer and Bandai demonstrate the Pippin Atmark multimedia system to recruit software developers. 1997 in Phoenix, Arizona, the Phoenix Lights, one of the most widely witnessed UFO sightings takes place. The Air Force claimed the lights were from an A-10 Warthog launching flares during a training exercise. Training yeah, exercise. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. 1998, a next-generation online Bose reports that Sega had formally decided to discontinue the sale of the Sega Saturn hardware and software in the U.S. That's fine. 2001, 20th Century Fox Home Entertainment releases Bedazzled on DVD, the 2000 remake of the incredible 1967 film, now stars Brendan Fraser and Elizabeth Hurley, becomes the first DVD to include Nuon interactive features. That we all know and love so much. <laughs> right, that really caught on fire. Uh, 2003, the journal Nature reports that 350,000-year-old human footprints made by an upright walking man may have been found in Italy. 2004, the first DARPA Grand Challenge is held by DARPA in the Mojave Desert near Las Vegas, Nevada. The DARPA Challenge is a 150-mile race for robotically navigated vehicles built by academic groups for a $1 million 
dollar prize. Million dollars. Birthdays. Emile Hirsch is 38 from Lords of Dogtown, Speed Racer, and the Bonnie and Clyde miniseries. Love Speed Racer. Chris Ashworth is 48 from The Wire, Terminator Salvation. Dana Delaney is 67 from Tombstone, Batman the Mask of the Phantasm, Lois Lane in DC Animated Flicks, and Superman the Animated Series. Robin Duke is 69 from Saturday Night Live, Groundhog Day, Stewart Saves His Family, Shit's Creek. Mm. William H. Macy is 73 from The Last Dragon, Fargo, Mystery Men, Jurassic Park 3, and Shameless. No longer with us, born in state in 1855, Percival Lowell, an American businessman, author, mathematician, astronomer, fueled speculation that there were canals on Mars. He founded the Lowell Observatory. Born in 1899, John Hasbrouck Van Vleck co-awarded the 1977 Nobel Prize in Physics for his contributions to the understanding of the behavior of electrons in magnetic solids. They stick. 1908, Myrtle <laughs> Bachelor, an American chemist and woman's Army Corps officer, is noted for her secret work on the Manhattan Project. 1911, L. Ron Hubbard, American religious leader and author, founded the Church of Scientology and <laughs> wrote Battlefield Earth. 1920, Ralph J. Roberts, who co-founded Comcast and your cake will be delivered sometime between 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. <laughs> and it won't be on TV, but we will get on CBS Under the Neighborhood, Bob Har- Abishola, NCIS, and NCIS Hawaii. ABC's got a new bachelor. Then Dr. Sean Murphy seeks counsel from a young lawyer with obsessive compulsive disorder. They work together to hopefully win their case and a new The Good Doctor. The NBC has The Blind Auditions Part 3 on New The Voice. Uh, ben runs into a public defender and tries to find a way to keep an innocent teenager out of prison for supposedly committing, you know, murder. Uh, Jean utilizes her legal skills and she steps in as the hologram on this complicated leap on a new quantum leap. Didn't know you could do that. Fox, Buck dreams of a world where he never became a firefighter as his life hangs in the balance. On a new 911, followed by a new farmer wants a wife. <laughs> on the CW, we get a new All-American and All-American Homecoming. Freeform, new details are revealed about Jocelyn's history at the Greyborn. Elena makes a decision that will impact her future on a new The Watchful Eye. AMC is showing Guan in 60 seconds. Bravo, Captain Lee plays a practical joke on a guest. Rachel potentially issues herself too much of a challenge by preparing an intricate Japanese tasting menu. Tyler wonders if he should be open with his mom about his sexual orientation. Yes, Tyler, on a new below deck. Right. FX has Night School. FXX Simpsons, but mostly Family Guy Marathon. FXM is showing Red Sparrow. Edited for television. Yeah. So it's the freaking Paramount showing Get Hard, because that's the thing again. <laughs> Charter Classic Movies has The Sting. <sighs> and yeah, that's in the piano. Music along. TNT has Avengers Endgame. Uh, on True TV, we can watch This Is The End. Is it, though? Science Channel has an exhibition X-Marathon, but we're watching the Lifetime Movie Network. A high school senior decides to take her friend's suggestion to manipulate test scores to become the valedictorian, so when a student dies, she sets on a mission to bring the kiddo to justice. Huh? After she becomes one of the suspects. Oh. Jacqueline Sklansawi and Philip McElroy star in Killer Competition. The wonderful Billy Flynn looks at what Chad and Abby are up to now. If you know what TV show they're on this week, you could win yourself a prize. It's your further adventures of Chad and Abby Update. Two Central American crime lords who are brothers have a brutal blood feud, but their mother is dying and Chad and Safan have to broker a peace between them and get the mom the medical attention she needs. Chad knows if he can keep these bros off the killing streets, he can curb their love for selling Mexican gold. Maybe they would see the light if he just left them on Raptor Island so they can learn to work together. Hashtag Chad forever. Looks like you've got mail waiting.
And it goes a little something like this. Dearest GRD, after that Fargo area DJ played the April Fool's joke telling everyone the return of Standard Time was a week early, I thought I would never forget when to set my clocks back. But now that it has been made even earlier, I can never remember. That is from Zach Man. And that's a good point, sir, because the times we arbitrarily change the real time uh, has moved here, there. Yeah, I hate it. Everywhere coping as well. Yes. We're, we're now further away from whatever real time is. I hate even though all of it is just simply an imagination. If you despise this time of year as well, why don't you drop us a note and tell us about it? It's podcast at geekradiodaily.com. Of course, the voicemail and text message. You just need these magic numbers here. 510-GRD-CREW. Or as Chicago said best, does anybody really know what time it is? Mm-hmm. Does anybody really care? Right. and a Nubian walk into a TARDIS and explore every episode of the classic Doctor Who series. Join me, podcaster John S. Drew, and me, writer-editor Jim Beard, as we take apart each story starting from the very beginning in 1963. And join us on our Facebook page and Twitter, where we continue the discussion with you with historical artifacts from British papers of the time. The Doctor's Beard Podcast, released every Saturday around tea time on your favorite podcasting app. And we'll see you in time and space. Hi, this is Marina Baccarin, and you're listening to Geek Radio Daily. You are. Thanks. Hey. Awesome. And thanks, everybody, to stop by for our Jackbox on Friday. Good times. Good times indeed. Mm-hmm. Now let's do this. New folks, CEO. This week's 10, last week 8. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, made another $1.65 million. It's made 179.6 in 12 weeks. This week's 9 was last week's 4. Demon Slayer, Kimutsu no Yaba to the Swordsmith Village, made yeah, another yeah. 1.8. It made 12 million in 2 weeks. This week's 8, last week's 6. Avatar, The Way of the Water, which may get an Oscar bump, made another 2.7 million. It's made 674.7 in 13 weeks. This week's 7 is new. Woody Harrelson and Champions, making $5 million. This week's six. Last week's five. Jesus Revolution made another $5.18 million. It's made 39.45 in three weeks. This week's five was last week's three. Cocaine Bear. Cocaine Bear. <laughs> another six million. It's made 51 in three weeks. This week's four. Last week's two. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Quantumania made another $7 million. It's made 198 in four weeks. This week's three is new. Adam Driver fights dinosaurs in 65. Which made $12 million. Any good? Find out, because Carol the Cat did a review. What? Oh, this week's two. Last week's one. Creed three. There was a lot of math in that. It made $27 million. Uh, It's made 101.3 in two weeks. And the number one movie in America with a franchise high opening. It's Scream 6. It's not called that. $44.5 million. And that also has been reviewed by Carol the Cat, who was very, very busy this weekend. Doing lots of things. Tons. I'm impressed. I'm not wearing any pants. Film at 11. Geek News. Taking a look at the world. From a geeky point of view, the future of Red Dwarf has finally been confirmed after a legal dispute between its creators, Rob Grant and Doug Naylor, has been resolved. Fans, megantastic. The writers who co-created the comedy series have not always seen eye-to-eye, dissolving the partnership in the late 90s, and then Naylor continued to write Red Dwarf TV series, but in 2021, launched a high court action against Grant over the rights to the show. And who actually rules the committee for the liberation and integration of terrifying organisms and their rehabilitation into society. We're going to change that. 
him. The dispute has now been resolved, and it's been confirmed that both of the writers will continue separately working on Red Dwarf in different media. Oh, good. For a moment, I was worried there could be a clear and coherent continuity. Exactly what two different iterations of Red Dwarf will look like, or what various media are, you know, remains to be seen, but over the years, Grant has released Red Dwarf novels. Basically, Red Dwarf isn't going anywhere. There will be more of it in various forms. So smoke a kipper. Red Dwarf will be back for breakfast. Nice. Well, NASA's Artemis One mission may not have had real astronauts on board the Orion capsule, but there was an inanimate crew that went on the lunar trip. Two of the mannequins that took part in the inaugural mission have been returned to their home in Germany, where the data they collected will be used to design ways to mitigate the effects of radiation on astronauts. As long as they haven't come to life. It's Monday the 13th. It could be a thing. <laughs> well, the mannequin Campos was shipped off to NASA's Johnson Space Center in Houston, where it'll be analyzed to see how much the Orion spacecraft protects astronauts on their way to the moon. While mannequins Helga and Zohar were returned to the German Aerospace Center in Cologne. And you know Helga wants some vengeance since it had to go up suitless in the damn radiation. Right? Uh, the data will create a three-dimensional image of the human body that will reveal the overall radiation exposure on the bones and organs during the trip to the moon and back. Additionally, the information provided by the mannequins will show the effectiveness of the Astro Rad Vest. And if it's as effective as its name is, yeah, baby. It's rad. The evaluation process will take several months with the results of the experiment expected to be announced by the end of the year. We can already see that some of our assumptions about radiation exposure during lunar travel are confirmed, said Thomas Berger, head of the experiment at the DLR Institute of Aerospace Medicine. Now that we have access to all of the available measurement data, we can begin to draw more detailed conclusions. Well, this means the machines will give us the ability to survive this space journey. We'll be taking one day. I mean, of course, this also tells the machines the best way to kill us. So, I mean, it's a good thing that, you know, Bing AI is not involved. Thank God. Celebrated indie genre filmmakers Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead are turning one of their works into a TV series. Uh, they had resolution to do so by the spring. It's synchronic. I thought it was just something in the dirt. The duo is bringing their directing expertise to a series set within the same universe as 2017's The Endless, which they currently are deep into writing. Uh, they're making the Sandman spinoff? That'd be nice. Moorhead says the main characters will be themselves playing their endless characters, Aaron and Justin. Again, the original film followed a pair of brothers who visit an alleged UFO cult in the forest of San Diego that they used to belong to as children. The cult was alleged or the UFO? As they seek answers, they get caught up in an adventure of a lifetime involving a time loop and aliens. The pair starred, directed, and produced with Benson producing the script. In addition, characters from 2012's Resolution, huh? that's, that's part uh -huh. of the joke, are glimpsed in The Endless because all of the other films apparently take place within the same universe as The Endless, although The Endless itself is going to be the focus. And you'll have to deal with that because you can't stop it. It will just go on and on. Go on and on and on. Well, warmer temperatures in the Arctic are thawing, and the region's permafrost is going on and on and on. A uh, frozen layer of soil beneath the ground is potentially stirring viruses that, after lying dormant for tens of thousands of years, could endanger animal and human health. In We Are the Last, coming soon from the asylum. Right. While a pandemic unleashed by a disease from the distant past does sound like the plot of a sci-fi movie, scientists warn that the risks, though low, are underappreciated. Chemical and radioactive waste that dates back to the Cold War, which has the potential to harm wildlife and disrupt ecosystems, may also be released during thaws. 
bringing back stalkers, clickers, and bloaters. Oh my, stalkers and clickers and bloaters, oh my! <laughs> to better understand the risks posed by frozen viruses, Jean-Michel Clavier, a emeritus professor of medicine and genomics at Aix-Marseille University School of Medicine in Marseille, France, has tested Earth samples taken from Siberian permafrost to see whether any viral particles contained therein are still infectious. He's in search of what he describes as a zombie virus, and he has found some. How the hell am I supposed to double tap a virus? Of course, in the real world, scientists don't know how long these viruses could remain infectious once exposed to present-day conditions, or how likely the virus would be to encounter a suitable host. Not all viruses are pathogens that can cause disease. Some are benign or even beneficial to their hosts. And while it's home to 36 million people, the Arctic is still a sparsely populated place, making the risk of human exposure to an ancient virus very low. That means the best course of action is to try and halt the thaw and the wider climate crisis and keep these hazards entombed to the permafrost for good. So as long as our species is, you know, rational and trust science, we should be good. Or, you know, maybe this will get stopped by the lizard people after they rewire the 5G towers to protect us from all the vaccine virus materials that someone infected the Dominion voting machines. Yeah, I'm saying we're doomed. Remember going to the amusement park and waiting for hours to ride a popular roller coaster? Yep. Then you ride it and it's over far, far, far too fast, and you wish you could just go on and on. And well, on. Roller Coaster Tycoon 2 YouTuber Marcel Voss has made your wish a reality. Uh, an unlimited fast pass? Marcel Voss enjoys experimenting with the original 20-year-old version of the game. A few years back, he made a coaster that took 12 years. To wow. complete, but now his newest creation, impressively created without using any mods, is a working roller coaster that will take over three quinventillion years in real life to complete. Almost as long as the line for the Millennium Falcon ride. To pull off this amazing and hard to comprehend task, Marcel Voss first built a really, 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 really long roller coaster that had almost no hills or drops, meaning the coaster's train moves very slowly around the entire oh, thing. Then when terrible. it reaches the end, it reverses due to specific ride options. The return trip takes even longer, and it has to take a very long journey seven times before the ride is considered finished. All in all, that ride takes over two years. Well, where are the other 999,992 quadragon then? He made 253 smaller coasters that are synced using the in-game options with the larger, very slow coaster. So once the big two-year coaster finishes, one ride of the smaller coasters will start its ride, and that coaster is synced to a coaster that will complete the ride and so on and so forth, which means that by the time we reach the final roller coaster in this nightmare chain, it'll take much longer than two years. In wow. fact, the actual number is so large, my brain can't even begin to comprehend it. Wow. Okay, not as big as a Googleplex. Maybe just a, what, Yahooplex? If you want to see this bonkers roller coaster tycoon to ride yourself, he's released a file you can download and play on your PC. But be warned, you won't be around to actually see the final ride finish. It's eternal journey through this theme park hell. Wow. And it is hell because there's an included soundtrack that has It's a Small World, The Song That Never Ends, and Nickelback. GRD is licensed in the Creative Commons. Produces not commercial, not derivative works. I think for the license. That's what the devil been doing. Come check us out on at Facebook and stuff. It's geekradiodaily.com is what I mean to say. The other places you can find us in the news it's there and stuff, whatnots. And yeah, good times. Good times indeed. Also, you can drop a note and tell us where in the world everything is. By the way, Chad and Abby last week were on a show that Sirius had found, which was uh, this cartoon thing called uh, Super Force. And Syrinx, while you did not break the record 
for the most, uh, for the fewest right answers, you did tie it. So that says that the next one, which is going to be even more devilishly clever, will will kill all of my hopes and dreams. Uh, podcast at geekradiodaily.com or the voicemail text message using numbers. 510 GRD Well, we have uh, nothing big and flashy to show you this week. Good night, suckers. Well, folks, I am out of here. Well, David obviously has a terrific sense of style. It's just that he is lacking in interpersonal skills. You know, communication skills, customer service skills. Let's say that I'm not here and you need to answer the phone. Well, this is embarrassing. Just answer the phone. Bring, bring, bring. Bring, bring. Hi. Why don't we just give it another try? Just start with, um, hello? This is the blouse bar. Bring, 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 bring. Hi, how are you? David, no. Blouse barn. Blouse barn. Hello, this is the blouse barn. Can I help you? Well, don't you think if they're calling the blouse barn, they know they're calling the blouse barn? Like, why do I have to say blouse barn? Let's try it again with a little more information. Oh, bring, 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 bring. Hello, this is the blouse barn, obviously. How can I make your day better? Now, let's say a woman my age Mm -hmm. is looking for a top Mm -hmm. and she's looking and she sees this top. Mm -hmm. What are you gonna say to her? I would say I think there are other options. This one's a little bit skanky. You do not say skanky. None of these words will work in the blouse barn. What you might say is, ooh, it's very central pez. 